fantasy football fans, this is Jeff Powers, senior writer for Real-Time Fantasy Sports, and welcome to another edition of the Real-Time Fantasy Sports Podcast. And welcome to week one of the NFL season. We're thrilled to be joined today by Charlie Wiegert, the godfather of fantasy sports. Charlie's a contributing writer on our site now. He's one of the best in the business, and we're going to help you get ready for week one of the fantasy season. Before I get to that, though, you can still sign up for leagues at Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Just go to rtsports.com, click on the Money League link at the top of the page, and you can get in the league today. We're doing drafts every night up until the start of the games on Sunday, so you can still get in leagues even after the Thursday night game is played. So you can get into any of our any of your favorite leagues on our site, including our All-American leagues with different price points, high-stake leagues, draft masters, any of the leagues. Just go to rtsports.com, sign up for a league today. You can still draft before the start of games on Sunday, the first week of the NFL season. Now here's my interview with Charlie Wiegert of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. And I'm joined now by Charlie Wiegert, the godfather of fantasy sports. He's a contributor on our site now. He's also in the Fantasy Sports Hall of Fame. We're thrilled to have him write for us this year. Charlie, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. My pleasure, Jeff. Happy to be here. So, Charlie, before we get into week one of the NFL season, I wanted to get your thoughts on the preseason. Did anything stand out to you, maybe a particular player or, a, or position, situation? Uh, anything stand out to you in the preseason? And it was interesting how teams adjust and, and the flurry of activity at the, at the, at the end of uh, preseason. Um, I think Houston seems to be the clear winner. And um, and they improved on both sides of the ball. Um, I think both uh, Watson and Hopkins get a bump up in in evaluations because of the moves they make. But uh, Duke Johnson probably loses a little bit of an of appeal. But you know he wasn't a, supposed to be a three down back anyway. So I think Carlos Hyde uh, coming to town um, might be the back that you want to own in Houston right now. So you, you talked about some movement with Houston. Another team that had some mute movement late in the preseason was Kansas City. So I wanted to get your thoughts on how you think that situation is going to play out the running back spot with LaShawn McCoy uh, now on board and Damian Williams was everybody's pick for a breakout year, but now McCoy's there. How do you think that's going to play out in Kansas City? Well, I, I like McCoy. I, you know, I think that um, uh, he, he's going to have some playing time there. I, I like the fact that he has the history with Andy Reid. Um, and I think Damon Williams' role is going to get reduced a little bit because of McCoy being there. And um, and I expect to see McCoy get maybe 10 to 12 touches per game. Uh, you know, Reed is kind of a master at coming up with uh, good offensive plays for certain players. And, and I think he knows what to expect from McCoy and what he's capable of. So I think he's going to put him in good situations where he has a chance to succeed. I guess from a fantasy perspective and neither player really is is uh an rb1 and they're far, probably more like a late rb2 or an rb3 the other big news is ezekiel elliott finally signed ended his holdout got the big deal in dallas how do you feel about using him this week i know going forward uh he's an rb1 and everybody considers him a top four fantasy back but for this week how do you feel about using him I think Dallas is going to use him, um, but you know I think uh, Tony Pollard is going to get you know ten to fifteen touches also. 
even a player like Elliott, and I know he's been working out, he's supposed to be in great shape, but I don't think you can miss all of camp and uh, and come in and be effective right out of the shoe. I think you, you miss a lot with the timing and, and everything with the offensive line. You know, um, players, when they hold out like this and they miss camp, always seem like they're more susceptible to injury than other players are because they want to prove to everybody when they come back that, that they're as good as they are. Next thing you know, they're pulling a groin or a hamstring or something. So I'm, I'm a little bit leery of it. And um, and I think that um, Pollard's probably a still good a good flex play this weekend. And, you know, it's a really great situation for him because the giant defense is, is pretty bad. And, and uh, uh, Dallas should be able to both run and pass against them. And, of course, if you can run against the team, you always want to do that first. So I think you're going to see Pollard kind of surprise some people. And it wouldn't surprise me to see him get 50 to 70 yards in a touchdown this week against the Giants. So speaking of week one, I wanted to get your thoughts on what you're going to be watching for this first week of the season. Any particular player or team or position situation, anything like that that you're going to watch closely this first week of the NFL season? Yeah, I, I love week one because it seems like there's some intrigue in almost every game. Um, you know, the Monday night game with uh, with Houston is really intriguing. And um and, and to see how Carlos is actually going to get used, and, uh, and 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 if that team's offense is going to be as good as what we think it is, uh, tonight's game is kind of interesting to see if the Bear defense is going to shut down Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, and um, and, and see a lot of how that holds up. It's a, a a real good divisional matchup right out of the shoot with that first game, and and a lot of people are going to be watching to see what comes out of it. So I'm, they came up with a great. A great Thursday night opening game, in my opinion. Um, I'm interested in how Cleveland's going to do at home against Tennessee. And, um, you know, if their new offense is going to be as effective as you as everybody's projecting it's going to be, if Baker Mayfield uh, winds up being the, a top-five quarterback, I was, people think you're going to be. Um, the Charger game's really interesting. Uh, see how uh, – Austin Zeke is going to get used, and and uh, and uh, if the Gordon is going to have Mel Gordon is going to have any effect on them, the fact that he's not going to be there, um, that, that kind of makes the the Philly game a little bit interesting against Washington. And Howard's going to get used because there were rumors circulating today that uh, Philly was willing to trade Howard and the draft pick to San Diego for Gordon. So you, you always wonder how that affects the the mental makeup of a team when they were getting ready to trade their starting running back a day before their, their, their first game or so. Um, the Sunday night game is really kind of interesting with the uh, Patriots and the Steelers. In New England usually always gets off to a slow start, so it'll be interesting to see how they do and, and, uh, and how Josh Gordon does. And if him and Tom Brady are, are going to be hooking up uh, – and and that uh, Gordon actually becomes a useful wide receiver here that fantasy guys can use in the early going. Um, Kyler Murray and uh, Arizona is uh, interesting, uh, playing against Detroit and uh, uh, seeing if he's going to uh, be the answer and if his scrambling is going to be able to help their weak offensive line so they can actually put up some offense. Um, I, I think uh, Buffalo is going to run all over Miami. And uh, I know um, 
uh, Baltimore's going to run all over Miami. I know they were thinking that that uh, Jackson was going to try to pass more this year, but uh, the, the Miami uh, defense is so bad that this is one of those games where they ought to be able to run all over them and uh, and not really have to worry about getting into much of the passing game. And, and of course, there's the return of Levy M. Bell with uh, the Jets at home against Buffalo. I'm sure everybody's curious to see how that one's going to pan out also. So there's there's a lot of interesting week one matchups. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, you definitely uh, mentioned a lot of great, intriguing matchups for week one. How about from a fantasy perspective? Any games that you're going to target as an owner that you think is going to have a lot of fantasy points? Yeah, you know that that Baltimore game with um, Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram going against Miami. You know, Baltimore ran the ball more than any other team the last seven games of last year, and and, and the Dolphin defense um, has been overhauled. You know, they gave up the second most yards and the seventh most yards per attempt last year, and and they lost Kiko Alonso, who was really their their best running defensive back. So that game I'm really kind of interested in seeing because um, I think Baltimore is really going to have a big day against them. And, um, you know, the Cowboys and the Lions and the Seahawks all got great uh, rushing matchups. And... um, uh, I'm kind of interested a little bit more in the Seahawks and, and see how how Carson does um, running against Cincinnati. It's a great matchup for him. I think Seattle is going to want to run the ball again a lot this year also, and it'd be interesting to see how Carson does. I'm kind of high on him and think that he's going to be a high-end running back this year. He's a good guy to be going after. Um, on, on, the, on the passing side of the game, you know, the Giants got this great matchup against against the Giants, uh, and Dallas does. And, and um, uh, Prescott, I think, like to get off to a pretty good start. Um, so I'm, I'm expecting to see some good things out of that game, and, and I'm expecting to see um, uh, uh, Winston, uh, Jameis and Winston. They, um, you know, they got a great matchup the first week also, and, and they got the new Bruce Arians uh, offense that they're going to be uh, infiltrating down there. They got a really good group of of wide receivers with uh, Evans and Goodwin. So um, that's another one that I think is, is, is key to be going after and, and looking after. How about on the flip side, Charlie, some matchups that you think just aren't great from a fancy perspective. Maybe you're going to avoid them. Maybe you've got some coin flip decisions in your lineup. Any matchups that you're going to avoid this week one? Yeah, there's, there's two of them. I don't want anything to do with the players on their team. I don't, I don't want anything to do with any Tennessee players going Going against Cleveland, you know, uh, Cleveland's all hyped up here for this first game, and they they get they get to play at home, and and uh, Tennessee's kind of on the downside. Um, you know, I think they're expecting things out of Henry, but I think he's going to have a tough week, and uh, and I think that's going to be one of the one or two lopsided games. The other one's going to be Baltimore over Miami. I think that that's going to be a really good um, uh, matchup, I guess. If there's a fear with uh, with the Baltimore game, it's a hurricane coming through Miami. But you know, if nothing else, and they got uh, wet field conditions, that just adds to the idea of the running game, uh, which um, which Baltimore's probably won't surprise me to see them put up 300 yards rushing in, in that game. I think they're just going to uh, attack it as much as they possibly can. Yeah, week one, we normally don't have to worry about uh, sleepers too much. There's not bye weeks and. Uh, injuries to worry about too much, but still from a sleeper perspective, maybe if you have to 
stream somebody for this week. Do you have anybody out there you think could surprise this first week of the season? Yeah, there's there's a couple. Um, I, I think uh, Jacoby Brisket uh, uh, for Indianapolis playing against the Chargers and Chargers defense are supposed to be pretty good, but you know the Colts. Um, you know it was a shock to them losing Andrew Luck, but Brisket's played 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 in the past and. He's not like a rookie quarterback coming in. He's got some experience. He's got T.Y. Hilton, who's healthy, and um, and I I think that you know he might he, he might put up some sleeper numbers. I expect um, uh, this to be a little more of a high scoring game, especially on the Chargers side of the ball, and um, and so I think they're playing catch up, which means Brisket should be throwing the ball a lot. So him having a 250 to 300 yard passing game wouldn't surprise me. Um, probably a good DFS play because he he had a really cheap salary when they when they set the salaries when they still thought Andrew Luck was going to be around. So he, he's kind of a a guy that I think's a little bit of a sleeper that people are going to ignore and could put up a big game. The, the other guy I kind of like returning this week is Cooper Cup, and um, he, you know he was um, Jared Goff's favorite target last year before he wound up going down and getting hurt, and. Um, I, I kind of expect that they're going to pick up right where they left off before he got hurt, and he's going to see a lot of targets and uh, and and be the the main receiver here on the Rams again. And uh, won't surprise me to see him put up a week here also. So Charlie, I wanted to talk to you about the waiver wire. I know that a lot of leagues don't run waiver wires this first week. Uh, some of them do if you had your draft earlier, but a lot of them don't. They run them after the first week of the season. So you've been doing this a long time. You're a great, uh, great player, and you know a lot about uh, fantasy in general. Uh, just I wanted to get your thoughts on how you should approach the waiver wire after week one. I mean, some players are going to go off that we don't know of, and others uh, we might have known of a little, and they have big games. But how do you approach it in general? I mean, how do you know when to go big or – you know, be smart about spending those dollars you have early in the season. Yeah, that's a great question, and, and and really has a lot to do with the success of how your team is going to do during the year. Because, um, you know, guys you pick up in the first couple of weeks of the waiver wire, um, are, are guys can really make an impact for your team all year long. And there's always a couple of players that get missed in the drafts, and and you really don't. Nobody catches on that they're really going to be as good as they are. Teams are hiding them in camp, and they didn't play a whole lot. In general, I always think it really takes about three or four weeks to really got to have a good idea of, of how a team's going to be and, and uh, how productive they're going to be. And if, if teams are play, going against really strong defenses the first couple of weeks, you might not get a real good idea of who, who how good their offense is going to be and who's going to produce. And, and on the other end of the spectrum, you know, like Baltimore's, going against Miami, and, and, uh, and the fact that they're going to run all over them this week, um, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that Baltimore is going to be as great and as big of a, a running attack as what we expect this year. They just happen to get lucky with a with a good matchup the first week. And same thing with Cleveland. I mean, if they go off and put up a big week and everybody's thinking, oh, my God, I should have gotten more Cleveland players on my team, well, you got to remember it was against a, a Tennessee defense. And, you know, maybe when they go against the Bears or the Rams or somebody, you know, it, it's good to shake out. Um, you know, there's a, a couple guys like, you know, Carlos Hyde and LaShawn McCoy, who in a lot of leagues are probably going to be on their waiver wires because uh, um, they didn't, there wasn't any expectations for them to be doing much this year. 
And um, and and so I I think that you have to be a little bit cautious. This first week will give you an idea of maybe how these guys are going to want to get used. Um, um, I, I, I'm kind of a, a a bit of a fan here of Carlos Hyde, um, mainly because I know Duke Johnson wasn't supposed to be a three-down black. And so he's a guy, if he's on the waiver wire, um, I'd, I'd have some interest in, in going after him. But, you know, waiver wire and guys that you're picking up, a lot of it has to do, you know, with how your team is and and uh, where you have weaknesses. So it's a, a, a chance for you to look and see where you you think you have a weakness on your team. And uh, and if you think you have one and you see someone that's going to be able to, to to fill that gap and make your team better, I think you want to go after them and, and try to get them on your team right away. But on the other hand, you have to be a little bit careful. You know, if you're using fab dollars, you don't want to blow too much of it early, especially if you don't have a whole lot of needs, so that when guys get hurt later, and they will because they always do, you're able to pick up some guys that you want. But, um, you know, um, it's opportunity more than anything else. You know, you look for injuries that are going to happen that knock a guy out that's going to make somebody else important. You know, remember at the beginning of last year, you know, um, James Conner was kind of like an afterthought. Everybody thought Levy and Bell would be back. He never did. And and so Conner turned out to be a, a great find, you know, and and – you know, there's going to be one or two players that are going to probably suffer some serious injuries this first week. It always happened, and that's going to give somebody else an opportunity to step in and do it. You know, and remember the guy who always is going to be going after that guy first on the waiver wire is going to be the guy who had the player got hurt, and he's going to want to pick up his replacement. And uh, this is an opportunity for you if you can get him instead of somebody else. You know, it gives you some trading power and things like that you can use later. So, I don't think you want to completely ignore the waiver wire and, and not do anything with it, but I do think you want to be careful and, and assess what your team needs are with what you're doing with it. That's Charlie Wiegert, the godfather of fantasy sports. Charlie, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast this week. Really appreciate it. Great stuff, great info. Hoping everybody get ready for week one of the fantasy season. Thanks so much, Charlie. Really appreciate it. My pleasure, Jeff. Thanks. And that was my interview with Charlie Wiegert. I want to thank Charlie for doing a great job on the podcast, helping you get ready for week one of the fantasy season. And I want to wish everyone a lot of luck in their games this first week of the fantasy season. And thanks for listening to the Real-Time Fantasy Sports Podcast. This has been Jeff Power, Senior Writer for Real-Time Fantasy Sports. 